Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi, I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those just voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Things always seem to go awry when Mercury is in retrograde, and today happens to be the start of that shift in the planets. It's an excuse for people to be erratic, emotional, and driven to do terrible things. It's also a time when the supernatural creeps into our lives just to mess with us. As if that wasn't bad enough, This week we'll have a total lunar eclipse, also known as a blood moon. So this is a warning to all my listeners. Beware of the dark. First, a death wish, followed by know thy neighbor or suffer. Then, cards of misfortune. Finally, in our featured story, the monster strikes again. We receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. And of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com slash snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary at snarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com slash snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Blood Moon. Many haunted houses can be found in Harrisville, Rhode Island. 
including the house that inspired The Conjuring. But one of these legends is still wreaking havoc there today. And this is the story inspired by Anonymous. Thank you to our Patreon, Lucy L., whose name we use in this story. Lucy had always been drawn to dark magic. As a child, she played with tarot cards and crystals. By the time she reached college, she was a full goth, obsessed with underground occult organizations. At the top of the list was the group called the Mercy Browns. It was invitation only, and members were forbidden to discuss it. In order to complete the initiation, a person would have to actually commit an act referred to as a Mercy Brown. Lucy was looking forward to it, knowing all about the legend. Legend had it that Mercy's family had been hit hard by tuberculosis in the late 1800s. As Mercy's death, only her brother Edwin remained. The townsfolk were petrified and believed the undead or vampires were causing the fatalities. This was when the townsfolk decided to step in and take action. A few days after Mercy's burial, they dug up her body, removed the heart, cremated it, and then fed the ashes to Edwin in a ritual designed to save his life. But poor Edwin died immediately, either from ingesting the ashes themselves or from the tuberculosis he had already contracted. Lucy clutched her invite, knowing exactly what she needed to do. She'd been given the location of a cemetery and the name of a body that had been buried four days prior. Once she'd exhumed the body, burnt the heart, added the ashes to wine and drank the remains, then, and only then, would she be a member of the notorious cult. Breaking into the cemetery was the easy part. Digging up the body and removing the heart were trickier. She had done rituals with dead animals before, but never humans. Excitedly, she cooked the heart on her travel-sized grill, thrilled with the prospect of finally belonging to the elusive group. As the embers died, she scooped the ashes into the chalice she purchased from a druid who'd given her the lead on the Mercy Browns. She mixed the remnants and looked around, hoping perhaps they were watching, waiting to initiate her. She shouted to an unseen audience, Bottoms up! Taking a deep breath, she drowned the mixture. It was disgusting and burned her throat as she swallowed. Gagging all the way, she managed to swallow the noxious mixture. Within moments, she began to feel different. She wondered if the rumors were true and she would soon turn into a vampire. Then suddenly, she began coughing, struggling to catch her breath. It was sporadic at first, then constant and from the depths of her lungs. She tried to cover her mouth, but blood soaked her hands and face. She tried to scream out for help, but the hacking had destroyed her voice box. Then from the shadows, a familiar silhouette approached her, the druid. With a sinister grin, he watched as she choked on her own blood, begging for his help with pathetic eyes. Then she collapsed, dead. The druid, having done this several times before, rolled Lucy's body into the grave she'd dug destroying the evidence. His phone pinged with another cryptic message from the dark web. A new victim was ready to be initiated. He smiled once more before heading back into the darkness. Have you ever been so desperate to be a part of a group that you would do something dangerous to get in? Are you involved with any cults or supernatural groups?
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Some people aren't satisfied with the ordinary and they don't care who gets hurt as long as they get their thrills. Like in this story inspired by Nick. New Orleans is rich with dark magic, lore, and of course, voodoo. But it wasn't until Jeffrey Hembricht moved into a Creole cottage off Royal Street that he started to believe the rumors. After a few weeks of bellying up to the nearby bars and meeting the locals, he quickly realized he lived on an infamous street. In the early 1900s, it had been home for the mysterious Jacques St. Germain, Upon further digging, Jeffrey realized he lived directly across from the St. Germain house. The stories claim Jock moved onto the quiet street, seemingly from nowhere. He would throw huge parties and talk of things from centuries ago. He was pale in appearance and never seemed to eat any of the food he adorned guests with. Word spread quickly that Jock, however charming, was a vampire. But even with the rumors, he was so charismatic, no one cared. His soirees as popular as ever. Until one night, when a guest jumped out of the top story window, landing on the ground beneath, alive but badly wounded. The other guests hurried outside along with the local police. And boy, did she have a tale to tell. She said that Jock had tried to bite her neck and get away. She jumped out of the window. The crowd below looked up at the broken glass and there was Jock, listening intently. By the time the police rushed in to arrest him, he was gone, never to be seen again. But many say he still wanders the streets, close to the house looking for victims. They warned Jeffrey to be vigilant. Jeffrey was convinced the stories were all nonsense. Still, whenever he walked back from the bar to his house, He couldn't help but speed up as he passed the vacant house across the street. It had been for sale for over two years, but moving a potentially haunted house wasn't easy. Jeffrey spent several nights staring at the top story window, which was eye level to his master bedroom. One evening, he swore a shadow moved. Maybe even Jock himself waved at him, but he would awake the next morning and blame it all on overactive imagination. Then, One evening, as Jeffrey stumbled home from the bar, he heard a voice behind him coming from Jock's house. He turned and saw a figure standing in the open doorway, waving. Jeffrey approached the front door. Knowing the house was vacant and intending to tell this stranger off, he was tired of stupid stories going around. 
Before he could speak, the stranger reached his hand onto Jeffrey's shoulder and yanked him from the ground, dragging him inside. Jeffrey, instantly clear-headed, knew no human had that kind of strength in their hand. Jock, he whimpered, peering at the person before him. Jock confirmed his identity by biting into Jeffrey's throat, suggesting perhaps he should have heeded the stories. Too late, the vampire sank his fangs into Jeffrey's veins. Blood pumped from the wound, and within seconds, Jeffrey had passed out. Jeffrey awoke in his bedroom, the shades drawn and with one hell of a headache. Had he slept all day? He stumbled to the bathroom and looked in the mirror. Suddenly, memories from the previous night flooded back. Jeffrey had no reflection. He gasped in shock bringing his hand to his face and saw that all the color in his skin had faded away, leaving him as white as a sheet. He rushed to the window and threw open the drapes, through the darkness and across the street. He saw Jock's bedroom, and there stood the mysterious vampire. He waved at Jeffrey, motioning him to come over with a mischievous grin. Now, Jeffrey didn't just believe the story, he was a part of it. Do you know anyone you suspect of being a vampire or being much older than they appear? Would you want to live forever? Some hobbies can turn into an obsession, but be careful. Obsession with the wrong thing can kill you like in this story, inspired by Kyra. Bryce didn't care for astrology, but his girlfriend Shyla was obsessed. He would just smile and nod whenever she spoke about zodiacs and rising moon signs and blah, blah, blah. Despite no interest, he loved to see her talk about things she was passionate about. She was having so much fun learning and discovering different connections to the earth and otherworldly spirits. Shyla journaled about everything. Bryce encouraged it, even purchasing an astrology book for her birthday. He didn't realize what a horrific mistake that would be. Shyla fully immersed herself into the world of astrology, even learning how to read tarot cards. She was losing sleep staying up so late studying her eyes permanently bloodshot with heavy, dark circles. Her favorite activity was reading Bryce's tarot cards. She did it almost every night. But Bryce paid no mind to the predictions. He did start to worry about Shyla when the readings turned dark, right around the time of Mercury going into retrograde. Ah, uh, Bryce, Mercury is in retrograde and it's so hard on cancers. It's gonna have calamitous effects on your life, Shyla would say. Every day she would warn of the devastating effects of Mercury, making him feel like a werewolf in a movie, investigating the best ways to be chained up during the full moon. Brushing her off, he explained a planet could not possibly have that much impact on his life. When he tried to reason with her, suggesting she take a break, get a decent night's sleep, She'd get angry, saying that she was only doing this so she could help him. Finally, Mercury was in retrograde, and Bryce noticed weird things happening to people around him. 
One friend couldn't keep track of anything, losing his house keys and his homework, even occasionally forgetting how to speak. His chemistry teacher accidentally dropped a beaker of acid, filling the room with the putrid stench of her burning flesh. Bryce couldn't believe all of the devastating events unfolding before his eyes. In secret, he began reading all the articles he could find about mercury and retrograde and its effects. He didn't want Shyla to know she might actually be onto something. It would only fuel her fixation and derail her health even more. He read things such as house fires and divorce were attributed to this phenomenon. Bryce became manic, losing sleep, overanalyzing everything he saw and everything he did. Shyla tried to comfort him, even encouraging him to stay home and take a mental health break. They were experiencing a complete communication breakdown, mutual frustration leading to an argument. Shyla tried to calm Bryce down, but he threw his hands up and knocked her off her balance. He watched in slow motion as her hands slipped out of his grasp and her body bounced down the stairs. He heard the loud crack of her neck. Her head twisted the wrong way, the light quickly draining from her eyes. In shock, he stumbled outside and into the road where he was struck by a speeding car and killed on impact. Within moments, two young lives were over. Both Shyla and Bryce's parents were heartbroken. They just couldn't begin to understand what happened. Shyla's mom found the journals she had been keeping and decided to read them in an effort to feel closer to her daughter. She came across the final entry. Tonight, I read Bryce's tarot cards as usual, but it wasn't usual at all. I could see death in the future. Lots of death in his future. I can't help but feel like the universe is telling me that if I can't stop him, he'll kill us both. Despite Shyla's best efforts, she couldn't outsmart Mercury in retrograde. Have you had your tarot cards read? Did they give you good news or did they tell you something terrible? Tell us your horror stories at somethingscary@snarl.com. Some of the scariest stories are the ones which come from fact, not fiction. In 1888 in Whitechapel, a series of violent and disturbing murders of prostitutes kept the people of London in high alerts and the police scratching their heads. Whoever was truly behind these crimes has never been discovered. Jack glanced up at the huge blood moon in the nighttime sky. Thankfully, there was plenty of cloud cover. Otherwise, his modus operandi of hiding in the shadows would prove impossible. He slunk through the alleyways, quiet as a church mouse, sly as a fox. Whitechapel smelled as bad as you might imagine, and the dark corners where the woman waited for gentlemen to pay for some alone time were no exception. Jack stepped over a pile of rotting rat corpses, had London learned nothing after the Black Death, he thought. He was careful to keep hidden for now, dressed to blend into the darkness, but these women were on high alert and quick to spook. The newspapers and the rumor mills were busy. 
talk of a serial killer preying on women meant only the most hardened and desperate were still flaunting their wares, others too afraid to become the next victim of the Ripper. There was not an abundance of peelers out at that time. Perhaps one uninformed officer who'd drawn the short straw, but members of the public were also taking extra care to look over their shoulder, especially upon seeing a gentleman in these unsavory parts so late at night. Although they wouldn't know he was wealthy and born of privilege, the leathery apron covered in bodily fluids was a giveaway. Despite the risk, the urges overcame Jack each time, and he was now ready for the kill, and even more so for the aftermath. The dissection, the removal of organs, and obliteration of the body. And there she was, his next target. He shivered with anticipation. There was a public house not too far from where she was loitering, in the hope that a chap who had drunk too much ale would take a fancy and offer her the penny she needed to rest easy in the local boarding house. She smiled a toothless grin and hitched her skirt a little higher, showcasing her grubby angles. Jack could smell her from his hiding place in the shadows. Twas a pity the boarding house didn't also provide a bath. Still, once the majority of the patrons from the public house had stumbled home, Jack deemed it time. He crept out of the shadows, the clouds now amply covering the moon so that it was exceptionally dark. He slid over to the woman who was all too eager to join him in the alleyway. The lure of an actual bed, although it was shared and likely full of fleas overcoming any sense of danger. She followed him willfully to the dark corner, and he immediately reached into the front pocket of the apron, grabbing a hold of the cutthroat razor, and in one fluid and well-practiced motion, doing just that. The blade sliced her neck as if it were an onion, and she gasped in shock trying to stem the flow of blood with her hands as he dealt the next blow, a punch to her gut that brought her to the ground. Jack reached down and tore at her dress. He believed her to still be alive as he made the first few incisions, then went to work. Whether she died of shock, pain, massive blood loss, or most likely all three, he didn't care. He stood up the open cavity of her body steaming and stinking in the air. He could already see interested movement around her, vermin sniffing about, bold enough to breach the underground tunnels for fresh meat. Jack whistled as he left the park, his latest trophy inside the pocket of the apron, along with the razor. There was no one around, but even if there had been, they wouldn't question a butcher on his way to the slaughterhouse. He stashed his tools in plain sight and made his way stealthily back to the sort of neighborhood where everyone would be fast asleep in the four poster beds, sleeping soundly between silk sheets. He crept in through the servant quarters and even they were not yet awake. He crawled into his own comfortable bed chambers and smiled, wondering how long it would be until the body was discovered. He could see the headline on the evening paper already. 
Jack the Ripper strikes again. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukaskowitz and Janine Pipe. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen. Music by Sapphire Sadalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com slash snarl. And if you'd like to support the show and everything that we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends. Sweet screams. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.